Welcome to MedKinza Talks, your go-to source for bite-sized content in becoming future doctors. I'm your host, Kinza Hussein, and I'm a second-year medical student helping students navigate the ins and outs of one of the most competitive careers. I will be sharing the lessons I've learned and inviting guest speakers to provide real quality advice to help you get into medical school, succeed as a med student, and prepare you to become a future doctor. Want more free quality advice? Subscribe to my YouTube channel and follow me on Instagram at MedKinza, where I post videos and infographics delivering content to you every week. Now sit back, relax, and learn something new. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every week. Hey everyone, welcome. This is episode 29. In this episode, we will be talking to future Dr. Tyler. He is a first-generation, non-traditional pre-medical student who started off his journey at Community College. He completed his neuroscience degree at the University of Illinois at Chicago Honors College. Tyler applied to medical school this cycle, and he was rejected to 18 out of 19 schools that he had applied to. He has not heard back yet from that last school. He struggled with the MCAT, and he's planning to retake it and reapply again to medical school this cycle. He also has a great Instagram Future Dr. Tyler and YouTube channel where he shows the realistic side to being a pre-medical student. He hopes to motivate and inspire all of you guys who are on this journey as well. So join me in welcoming Tyler to the episode. Hi, Tyler. Hi, I just want to say it's a huge honor to be here on your podcast. I remember a few years back where I watched your original just medical school reaction where you were sitting on like your, I think it was your bedroom floor. And you, you literally had like, like a thousand views. And now I just, I went back to that video and it's like 200 K views. And it's just such an amazing feeling to watch you just grow and so proud of how far you also congrats on hitting 2 million views on one of your videos. It's just amazing to see you grow. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I just love all of you guys. Like, I love the fact that we connected months ago and, you know, I'm following you through your journey journey. And now you started your own channel, which is amazing. And all the content that you put out is just great. So like, it's awesome to see you enter this space. And that's the beauty of social media. It's really just to connect with everyone. And like you share your journey and people share theirs back and you just form connections that way. So Tyler, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so after your just most hype intro, so thank you for that. I did start my journey at community college, which I feel like as a pre-med, there's a lot of stigma against community college, which actually makes me so sad. I didn't really have a choice to go to some big fancy university. It was either go to community college, work two jobs, pay my tuition in full, or just not go to college at all. And I remembered I... I was almost into this stigma that community college is just so bad because as a high school student, we had this giant banner of, oh, where are you going to university? And everyone signed their name and their their university. And I would just walk by and I was sad, like, oh, I'm going to community college. But it was literally the best decision of my life. I've made a lot of bad choices in my life. And let's just say community college was not one of them. As I previously stated, I was able to work two jobs. So I did work at Mercedes and I did work at Starbucks and I was able to take full 18 credits a semester. And yeah, it was just an amazing experience and the people there, everyone was so collaborative and we all worked together. And I actually had a chance to do a human cadaver dissection 
which is one of the most amazing experiences. And I highly re recommend it if you're a pre-medical student and have this opportunity to dissect a human being. It was just one of one experience that really just solidified my passion for medicine. And in one experience that really stuck out from cadaver dissection was holding a human brain for the first time. You you're holding this, it's just an organ, but you think back, this is someone's entire life. This is someone's every memory. This is every single experience they had. And just holding a human brain, it was just, I can't even describe that experience. And so I did transfer to the University of Illinois at Chicago. And that was the only school I applied to. I toured the school. I fell in love with the school. It was like going to like a Foot Locker, trying on a pair of sneakers you've been looking at online. And you try them on and you just know this is the pair. So I went to UIC and my experience was much different with the pre-medical community or the medical com community. For the first time in my life, it was just very competitive. Mm -hmm. And so I'm the type of person, I'm extremely loyal. If I just met you or we've been friends for years, like I am loyalty. That's my number one strength is I'm so loyal. And so these pre-medical students were just so cutthroat. It's just like, they would do literally anything to get that A in the class. And the experiences that I've seen, the people, what they were wanting to do to get that A, it just blew my mind. So, I mean, UIC was an amazing school. I'm so thankful. The pre-med or the pre-med experience was awesome. It's right by the hospital. So I was able to shadow and just volunteer, do research. And one experience that really stuck out because of UIC, so I was able to actually shadow a neurosurgeon, and it was a day in the life of a neurosurgeon, and I woke up at like 4.30. I went to bed at literally 3.30. I was so excited to shadow this neurosurgeon, so I was, I was on one hour of sleep, literally we're doing rounds with the patient, and it's just a bunch of surgeons and doctors and everyone are going around to the patient's room. And then I really loved rounding. It was so cool. They did like neurological examinations to test the patient and see where they're at. And then after that was surgery. So in the OR, I was just watching surgery and I was covered in goosebumps the entire time. So it was a, a craniotomy to remove, it was a left craniotomy to remove a meningioma. And so I was standing there and it was such an amazing experience. And it was like a six hour procedure, but I was watching the whole time and just the time flew by so quickly. Yeah. That's when you know you really like something when time flies by really quickly. I was in a surgery once too, and I, I didn't have that experience. Actually, twice. For me, I was like, my feet are hurting. Like, I need, I need a job where I can sit a little bit more than stand for so long. So that's the best way to find out what your passion is. Like, are you, is time flying or are you looking at the clock every five minutes? Yeah, and so I did actually have one shattering experience, which was kind of not the best. I was shadowing, I'm, I guess, in internal medicine, and it was the first time I ever shadowed a physician, literally the first time. So I'm, I'm just sitting there, I'm nervous. I'm literally wearing like a prom tuxedo. I overdressed so much. And so they had, this physician was like, oh, like, listen to this heartbeat. This isn't a regular heartbeat. So I was really excited to listen to it. And this physician put the stethoscope on the wrong side. And then this physician was like, do you hear anything? I'm like, oh, no, I'm not really hearing anything. And then this physician's like, well, you'll never be this specialty when you're, um, when you're a doctor. And she was, and they were like, <laughs> 
I guess it was a joke, but it really fell flat. And I, that experience lives rent free in my head to this day. <laughs> you know, that's, um, I think you touched upon, there is a community, I think, of doctors and pre-meds that are not so wonderful. It, it exists. And I know that a lot of people go into this field to help people. So you kind of may have that image of these people as like, angels or gods or whatever like they're very very like kind and generous but that's not always the case I think a cutthroat student who's going who's trying to get into medical school is going to be a cutthroat doctor as well like personalities don't change so quickly so I'm glad that you touched on that it exists and you can't just ignore it but going into our second question I want to talk a little bit, and our third question, I want to talk a little bit more about how you apply to 18 schools out of 19. You're, you've gotten rejected so far from all of them, and you're waiting for that last school, and you mentioned you struggled a little, a little bit with the MCAT. So if you don't mind, do you mind sharing with the audience kind of what your stats are? Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, this is the most asked question. If I go through my DMs, I probably had this question repeated a hundred times, Yeah, and so, I know what it's like to be a pre-med student. I know what it's like to read too much into online, go on SDN and compare your GPA to everyone else's GPA. And I've been the type of person, I kind of been hesitant to share my stats because I don't want people to compare themselves to me and then feel less than who they are, if that makes sense. It does. So I don't want to share even on this episode. I have so many other great questions to ask you too. Yeah, so in regards to that, question kind of to talk about GPA so I was a type of student where I needed a 4.0 like every time I got a B I was devastated and this is not the mentality to have my university my entire life my college career I have never had a plus or minus system so I would always aim for that A and let's say hypothetically this happened so many times where I'd get like an 89.7 or 89.8 and the professor refused to round up so I would be at that 80 percent and I would just be like, so I got the same grade that someone got an 80% in the class. And I would literally stay up and just just obsess over it and just be devastated about it. And that's definitely not the right attitude to have. And I really beat myself up over my GPA. And looking back, it was such a waste of time because I'm really proud of how hard I work to get to where I am right now. And no, no stat is gonna define my worth or my self-worth. So in regards to GPA, I have like six of them because I went to community college and then I went to university. So I have like science, non-science mm -hmm. and um, cumulative, non-cumulative, uh, just so many GPAs. But in regards to everything, my GPA is above a 3.5. I don't want to go into too much specifics. And then in regards to the MCAT, I'm the same exact way. I just feel like I don't want to say a score and then have someone else score above or low. And then I compare themselves to me and define their worth. So I definitely will share my stats in full when I'm ready. But right now I just, I don't know, I just am not in the position to really share that. And I'm really glad that you phrased it that way because after being on the interview committee at my school, I kind of saw how at least my staff admissions committee kind of like looks at your application. So we kind of like look at yeah, we look at GPA and MCAT and kind of glaze it over and we're like, okay, cool. But everything else actually weighs in a lot more. And I didn't know that while applying. I only saw that when I was on the other side of the chair. Like they're looking at how many things you did outside of school. They want to know how many, how long did you do it for? Like if it says 10 hours, it's just like, okay, whatever. Like it says if you didn't do it. Um, but if it says like 100 hours, 200 hours, like that weighs a lot. 
and your personal statement weighs a lot like how you talk about medicine actually matters i feel like the gpa and mcat i think a lot of people now are just kind of like looking at it to be like okay maybe you know college was tough maybe you went through something or maybe like you need to find better study habits so like you can talk about that in the talk about that in the interview but truly i think that's also why in med school like these exams are becoming pass fail because it's turning too much into like oh i need this score to get into this residency otherwise my application's out the door so you answered that beautifully so going into our next question um, you did mention that you applied to 19 schools and you mentioned that 18 of them, unfortunately, you received a no. So now you're like waiting on that last one. Yeah. So how have you been coping with those emotions? How have you been coping with basically just rejection? Because your story is a very common one. Like, I feel like 70 to 80% of us go through that exa exact same thing. Okay, yeah. So online, you just read these stats and it's just like people who apply to medical school, maybe 60% get in and you never really think as a pre-med, you might be part of that 60%. I woke up every single day of my undergraduate career ready to start medical school. I woke up and I went to bed with one thing on my mind and that was medical school. And my friends all know that I was just so passionate about getting in. I did have like 150 versions of my personal statement. I was just like that obsessed with trying to get into medical school. And so in regards to rejections, it was, they suck. They don't get easier. They all suck because I would consider any of these schools, like I applied to these schools. I had full intentions of attending these schools and I have a ritual with rejections, honestly. So I go to Popeye's and <laughs> uh, oh, I Popeyes. the only time I ever eat Popeye's is when I get rejected from medical school and every time I go through that drive-thru this is literally every time they'll like throw in an apple pie or like free fries and I don't know if they can tell I'm going through something but they just always throw in something so I I just never want to eat Popeyes ever again but <laughs> yeah and then I'll just like listen to like super emo music in my car and like scream the lyrics like Papa Roach or something I don't know and then I have a really really tight-knit friend group and I just talked to my friends about it and they're just like oh no like they're lost like I can't wait till next time around and you're gonna you're gonna be the one rejecting those schools because you're gonna have so many acceptances and my friends hook me up so much and I honestly don't know what I do to deserve my friends and then also the Instagram community and YouTube community I don't mean to sound like narcissistic but I can just go on my YouTube video and read any of the comments and just be like wow these people are so amazing and I'm so thankful for everyone who I don't want to say my followers because that makes that like puts me on a podium where people who follow me are less than who I am. I never my friends on social media, I don't know what I do to deserve them because I posted my first so University of Kentucky was the first school to reject me. Like they didn't even offer me a secondary. I took a screenshot and I was like, it was like July or June 2nd. So, or it was so early in the cycle. It was literally like a week when secondaries started coming out and they rejected me. I posted that on my story. I got hundreds of direct messages. I got hundreds and people are like, oh, you're keep going, like keep your head up. And it's just the support from everyone just keeps me going. And rejections will not get easier, but it literally only takes one school to accept me. So yeah. That's all I'm aiming for. Exactly. And think of it as kind of like a two-way street where like everything you post, and sometimes I forget that even when I'm posting, you're helping that person, you know? So they're just reciprocating by saying like, hey, like stay motivated, stay in this because of the 
hundreds of times you're motivating your community by like sharing these things. I think that's why that one video where I shared my, shared my stats, I was like, I'm not 95th percentile, but here, what, what do I have to lose by sharing my MCAT and my GPA? I don't care. People really resonate with that kind of stuff because they don't feel alone and it helps them. It keeps them motivated. Yeah. And people are just really thankful that I'm showing a vulnerable side. And I, I guess a lot of pre-med students are just ashamed to show that. I mean, we all go through it and I, I guess I'm the one who has a camera and just like post that <laughs> I love about like the growing community on social media like people are finally sharing like their failures and it's just like it's really not as beautiful glamorous or perfect as people think it is um i do want to make a side note about loving your popeyes ritual i think you should keep doing that until you get sick of popeyes and then <laughs> yeah literally never again popeyes once i get that acceptance <laughs> like, i'm gonna drive past every time and be like their spicy chicken sandwich is just amazing yeah that's a fact so our next question for you is if you could go back and change one thing about your pre-med journey what would it be Okay, so I'm not the type of person to go back and just think about things that I could have changed and dwell on the past because to me that seems like a giant waste of time and I just would rather shape the future and avoid going through that again. But if I really had to focus on one thing, it would be to listen to my intuition more. When I first meet someone or specifically when I first meet someone, my intuition is just like really good on picking up on this person. And literally the first or second time I meet someone, it's just like, I can read their energy. I can tell if they're a good person. And it's just like, my intuition will be like, just avoid this person or like, this person's a really genuine person, like be their friend. And so many times I've neglected that intuition and it's just always backfired. And then also it's just like my intuition just to chase my dreams more instead of just like sitting on the sideline and watching other people live out my dreams every single day. I should have just listened and put myself out there more. So are you doing that more now? A hundred percent, yeah. Good. And my next question is, what's your intuition about me? I feel like I kind oh. of moved by that. I was like, dang, he has some kind of like ability. <laughs> so this is going to sound so weird. I'm definitely going to open up a giant can of worms with this, but I'm going to share it because I'm on your pocket. No, not about you, but in general, as a kid. Yeah, go for it. Like, Literally as a kid, my parents would tell me stories about how I would talk to like my dead relatives and like know stuff about my family members that literally I would never be able to know. Wow. And so I, as I grew up, I mean, I would see like figures and like, I don't know, this is getting so like spiritual. I, I would see like stuff, share more. <laughs> yeah, I would see figures like in my house and like dark like figures and it was never scary. It was never like, oh my gosh, a ghost. It was more comforting in this experience. And it's so hard to describe to someone who doesn't who yeah. never went through this. But I guess as I grew older, I kind of have like a sixth sense where I can pick up on people's energies and their like intentions. That never left. And so your energy, I feel like you're just a genuine soul. And I don't know, I'm getting like really, really good vibes from you. And I feel like if we were classmates or we went to school together, we would 100% be friends. Yeah, I agree. You're a very, very nice and very enthusiastic person. I really think that out of anyone in my DMs ever that I've ever talked to, you have the most energy. You're always like, hey, yeah, like I'm pumped. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like in bed, like, ready to fall asleep. I'm like, I have to exchange that same energy right now, even though I'm like, 
falling asleep. I'm like, yeah, Tyler, can't wait for the podcast episode. The amount of times where friends from university would send me your links and your TikToks, yeah. unreal. And I'd be like, yes, Kinza. <laughs> yeah, you're always like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's me. So I... I'm really excited, you know, for your journey. It's gonna, you're gonna get in, you know, and even if it's not this round, like we, a lot of us have gone through that. It's gonna happen for you still. And you just gotta love every single day, even the shitty days. Um, but my last question before we end the episode is if you could give someone advice on this podcast, what advice would you wanna share? Okay, first to all those pre-meds and everyone out there, just invest in AirPod Pros. I'm being serious 100%. They'll literally change your life. Just listen to like white noise, put on noise cancellation. My family's super loud. They never stop talking. My dog never start, stops barking. And these in my ears, I don't hear a thing. So if you need something to study, get these AirPod Pros. And the other piece of advice I would have, which I genuinely 100% want to give to everyone, is just stop caring what people think about yourself. And so there were so many times where I went online, I would compare my journey to someone else and I would feel less than who I am. And that's definitely not okay. We're all so different and we all are, should be in this community together. And it's, if you're checking someone's Instagram just to see what they're up to, to compare their publications to, their, to you or X, Y, Z, you'll always find someone who's better than you. You'll always see the positives. And on Instagram, I feel like Instagram is definitely just like washed down. So what you see online, you'll see like these super fit doctors eating like vegetables all day and just living their perfect life. And they don't really show their experiences. And then also I used to be just like a very materialistic person. And I used to just like want to buy brands just so people would come to me and be my friend. I would want to wear like the nicest shoes, the nicest clothing and that definitely attracted the wrong people in my life. And it was just, these people would not be my friend if I didn't have anything. And so if you're probably wondering why I dress like a bum every day, it's one, it's comfortable. And two, it's just, I want to attract people who want to be my friend for me. I don't want people to see my stuff and be like, oh yeah, let's be Tyler's friend. And I want to get something from Tyler. No, I just want people to like me for me. And so to reflect back on Stop Caring, I definitely do care a lot about like admissions committees or like what my parents think of me or what my friends think of me. But at the same time, I'm in a position where I love myself so much where if I read a comment online, which I've never had, I've never had hate on my video, knock on wood. But if I read a comment online where an anonymous person is hating on me, I love myself so much, you cannot bring me down. And so it took such a long time to get to this headspace. But I just want to say, once I stopped caring about what other people think about me, I've just been radiating. And I, I really, it's really hard to just like, I guess, stop caring. But at the same time, it's going to happen overnight. Yeah. yeah. Like it's something I've been working on for like the past two years. And I feel like finally, like this year, really spending so much time with myself during quarantine has helped a lot. You have to work at it every single day. So more power to you for falling in love with yourself. And I think I, I love that advice. That was very, I think that's something every single person should do. I even fall into the trap of the comparison game. I think it's a very natural thing to do. Like I'll be on TikTok or Instagram and I'll be like, oh, like I need to go to the gym or eat better. Like I compare myself in every aspect sometimes, but it is just not worth it. It's a complete waste of your time to do that. It is, yeah. Out of it, like, do I go harder at the gym? No, I just 
bad about myself. So like literally nothing good comes out of it. So thank you for sharing that. Tyler, it was really awesome to have you on the show. I kind of want to have you again. So like if you're ever free. Literally a direct message away. On another episode, you have a lot of great information to share. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Honestly, I'm so thankful right now. No, you're amazing and you emit amazing energy. If you guys have enjoyed the podcast, make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Not always, but I'm trying my best. And if you've learned one little thing from the show, I would really appreciate it if you guys could leave a review. That would mean a lot to me, and I read them all. Thank you so much. I will see you guys in the next episode.